Are you here to confirm that Daredevil is responsible for this, Detective? There is no proof that Daredevil even exists. He can hear it before it makes a sound. He can sense it before it happens. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University. I am your professor, Mario Vera, and joining me is the marvelous doctoral student, Cone MC, who has a bachelor's in the MCU, a master's in the multiverse, and going for their dissertation in Marvel Studies. Sly, how you doing? I am doing something. I'm here to talk to you about a film. It's a film. <laughs> That's about how I'm feeling it's a film, right not now. a TV show. Film, not a TV show. Film. <laughs> they have... Hour and 30 minutes to tell us a whole story about multiple characters. Do they succeed? We'll find out. Um, which Up of, to you. <laughs> which, of course, lies alluding to the fact that this week's episode, we are talking about 2003's Daredevil, uh, which, of course, is well, starting with our first class, history class, directed by Mark Stephen Johnson, who I actually wanted to point out his career. He also written the film which usually is either a good or bad situation, depending on the director. I'm going to say not so good. But this is the surprising <laughs> thing. He's written quite a few films that I'm shocked by, absolutely flabbergasted by. And starting with his early career, which, of course, he wrote both grumpy old men films, the grumpy grumpy old men and grumpier old men with uh, Walter Matthau and, and Jack Lemmon. But then he moved on to uh, a movie called Simon Birch. Have you ever seen a movie called Simon Birch? No. Simon Birch is this childhood film about this little boy who uh, hits a hits a baseball and accidentally kills his mother. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's start Jim Carrey's in it, but he's the narrator. He's the narrator in the beginning and then to the end. What? It's so good. It tells the story of of Simon Birch. It's I enjoy this movie so much. But not only that, have you ever heard of a movie called Jack Frost <laughs> with Michael <laughs> Keaton? <laughs> oh my god, really? He wrote he wrote the story and the screenplay for Jack Frost. Which good for him, again, man. one of those movies where I love. It's about a dead father coming back to life as a snowman. And uh, shout out to him. Shout out to him. After that, of course, uh, he worked on both uh, Daredevil and Elektra. He wrote Elektra. Um, I'm not sure if he directed. I'll take a look at that later. Um, and then uh, the last thing, and obviously he, he did do another uh, superhero movie, but we'll talk about that when it comes to it. But uh, he also did Christopher Robin. He did the story for Christopher Robin that was a couple years ago. And he's still working today. He's still got some stuff going on. But I wanted to bring up all of those, like, early 90s, like, <laughs> kid film slash, like, adult, like, yeah. Like, I just thought that was such an interesting. All over the place. <laughs> to get to this movie, which is, like, an early aughts, like, uh, powerhouse, which I'm very excited about. Um, let me go back to my document. And yes, uh, written by Mark Steven Johnson. Studio is Fox Studios. This is their second attempt at doing superheroes after uh, the release of X-Men. Uh, the budget for this movie uh, astronomically grew after last year's success, of course, of Spider-Man, which was one of our uh, episodes that uh, is recorded. <laughs> I almost forgot we did Spider-Man. Um, we did. We watched Spider-Man. Yes, we did. And, of course, this film stars the wonderful actor known as 
uh, Oscar winning actor Ben Affleck, <laughs> uh, Jennifer Gardner, Colin Farrell, Michael Clark Duncan, and so many others. Uh, of course, uh, John Favreau is also a part of this film, which is very fun recollection was like oh yeah you're also in this movie i totally forgot about that as well um and a couple star- foggy, oh yeah foggy, foggy that was a foggy big, Nelson. Foggy big yes. happy uh, i uh, broke my brain i i was like wait what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i love it i love it which of course yeah no that's so funny because there's some repeating stuff there so that's why if those characters ever meet i will laugh I will laugh. I would lose my mind. That would be so funny. I need John Favreau playing both characters. (laughs) Hey, who knows in the multiverse, right? That would be. Please, Marvel, give it to us. Please bring back also Ben Affleck as uh, Matt Murdock. I would love that as well. Uh, Of course. Uh, Yeah. Start sets where you can stream it. Uh, You can stream it everywhere because we tried to rent it before uh, it was available on Amazon and we didn't, we didn't make that requirement. So we we rented it. (laughs) So we had to pay for it. Uh, It was it worth it. Hey, you're here. <laughs> so you're here. That's all that if matters. If one person listens to it, it was worth it. <laughs> it was worth it. It was worth the uh, $3.99 to watch it in HD. Uh, of course. Um, content. <laughs> if you could please, Sly, read the plot of this film. All right. This, this plot is a wild one. Let's get into it. So... Fate deals young orphan Matt Murdock a strange hand when he is doused with hazardous waste. The accident leave Matt, leaves Matt blind, but also gives him a heightened radar sense that allows him to, quote, see far better than any man. Years later, Murdoch has grown into a man and becomes a respected criminal attorney. I don't know if he's respected, but okay. <laughs> but after he's done his day job... Also in quotes, Matt takes on the secret identity as the man without fear, Daredevil, the masked avenger that patrols the neighborhood of Hell's Kitchen and New York City to combat the injustice that he cannot tackle in the courtroom. Fantastic, fantastic. (laughs) I did love that in the middle, like the opening uh, monologue from Ben Affleck, he says like, uh, the neighborhood known as Clinton, now known as Clinton, was originally called Hell's Kitchen, which is now a totally gentrified area. But nevertheless, I'm glad that they at least acknowledged it in this film. Um, of course, the comic book characters that are best represented in this film are Daredevil, Matt Murdock himself, uh, Electra, uh, Electra Nachios, as we learn uh, in this film, and they make a point to say it a few times. Bullseye, Kingpin, Wesley, which I was uh, talked about, uh, very being very shocked about because I know him prominently from the TV show. I don't remember him as a character in the comics, but here he is. And of course, uh, as you just reminded me, Foggy Nelson obviously is in this. Ben Urich is another character played by Michael uh, uh-huh. uh, Michael Pants, uh, who was famously in The Matrix and Goonies, one of my favorite movies, and uh, he plays Ben Urich, which. I'm sad that I've not seen this character in other places yet because I love Ben Yerick in the comic books. So I really would love uh, someone, or I would, love, I would just love for him to come back as, as Ben York in another total, total different thing. That'd be cool. But those are pretty much, yeah, all the major characters announced. Um, there is a, a mystery character in the movie that I'm saving for trivia. Uh, <laughs> so that way I could surprise Sly with it. But 
until oh, no. <laughs> yeah, until then, of course, we're going to go ahead and uh, go into our next class, our Stanley seminar, where we actually talk about our thoughts about the film. And Sly, we're going to start with you. What did you think of 2003's Daredevil? I have many like overarching thoughts. So in general, um, I this movie's dialogue was few and far between, but when there was dialogue, most of the time it was great. Uh, there was a heavy tone of ableism in like the second act, and I was oh, like, yeah. "Why?" And oh, the racist old lady. We'll talk about the racist. Oh my old lady god! Later, yeah. But, oh my god. Um, but like in general, there wasn't a lot of dialogue in this movie, and I noticed that because I watched the first. Obviously, I have captions on because I'm deaf, but also I wanted to see how decent the audio description was for it. Um, and so I turned that on to like rely on my my residual hearing to listen to the audio description. And I realized like half the movie is just audio description and not dialogue. And I was like, hmm, they don't talk a lot here. So that was a choice. Um, <laughs> of course, the plot of of this this movie is a plot. It's very similar to like the first two seasons of the show, just like condensed, right? We we skip right to him being full blown daredevil, so you, we don't get the like awkward like learning, except for the like training montage, right? Which I was fine with. I was like, we don't need, we don't need to. We could just jump into this. I this is not a good movie. I'll say that much. This is <laughs> not a good movie. Uh <laughs> but there's some fucking gems in here. <laughs> and that's the best way that I could absolutely describe it too. There's some real real good gems in here specifically when it has anything to deal with Bullseye. Whenever Bullseye's on screen, the movie lights up and uh I remember people absolutely hating this uh, back in the day because, you know, Dar they wanted him to have the stupid costume that he's all known for, but which he mentions in this film. But, man, if you watch it now just as a relic of the time and place and just as a love letter from Colin Farrell, it's absolutely, like, delicious and wonderful. Everything he does, including little actions, little face ticks, just like, like, just like. The physical comedy of it was yes. incredible. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that he's just high the whole movie. I would not be surprised. It's just the way that he's like. Good for him. And then you mentioned the, the airplane scene, like him just withering and wiling around, like wanting her to shut up. And uh, the way that he does it is just so funny. Um, but yeah, no, to talk more about the movie specifically, uh, it definitely is heavily in its place in time where it is a movie that is definitely completely made from the success of all the previous ones where we're like, Oh, this is actually starting to catch on. These movies are starting to do big numbers. Spider-Man uh, one at the time did really, really well. So they try to pump a little bit more money into this. And right off the bat, you see a CGI rat that did not need to be CGI and CGI smoke and water. And I'm just like, there's just too much happening. I think the opening sequence of the movie is not great. At all, in my opinion. I would note about that. Yeah, I, was, I, I figured you would, yeah. So, 
when I was watching it, the first note I put down, the first thing that made me go, what? <laughs> was during the opening credits, yeah. while they were rolling the like montages in the background, the names would pop up in Braille and then in in like English. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> you did this for what? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what was the point here? Yeah. This is not doing anything for your movie. Like, no. I... <laughs> It doesn't give you accessibility um, points either. Can't no, touch this, not, we can't touch the screen. That's not, that's not how that works, right? Um, there was a there was another scene also on the note of Braille where the kid had a book and he was holding it open and he only had one finger running across it. And I've only ever seen blind people use at least two fingers to read. Mm -hmm. And I noticed uh, when he was older what it was. Ben Affleck, he was reading with two fingers, but the kid wasn't. And I was like, <laughs> come on, y'all. You can do better than this. Yeah. <laughs> I do find, I think that Daredevil definitely took the character far more seriously than I expected him to. And I know that Ben Affleck, you know, is a comic fan. I actually do know that. And I know that he really, really wanted to do well in this movie. And that will be the probably credit that I'll give the film is that I think for the most part, there are some elements that I also think that are weird, especially when it comes to the um, the infamous playground scene. <laughs> like, he's just too, like, yo, hold on, I want to talk to you, girl. Like, he, like, grabs her at one point. <laughs> Other than that, I think that he does a pretty solid job in the character, and I feel like people always just shit on him because roughly around this time is also the era of him getting together, I believe, with Jennifer Lopez, um, which is the period of time where people are shitting on him really hard. So that's why I feel like everyone like, oh, the fucking the Daredevil one with Ben Affleck's awful. I don't think that it's awful. I don't think it's good. But I still think that there's still elements in there that I like. And it's specifically for the people that are characters. The only character, in my opinion, that I think is kind of wasted or just didn't even need to be in the movie is Elektra. Even though I love their chemistry <sighs> together. Yeah. But there's just... That breaks my heart because I love Elektra as a character. Yeah. But like... She has like three I, I, scenes. I feel like her, she, uh, her only motive, her only reason for being in this movie is to, for to provide motivation for Daredevil. Yes, and so it's like it's the story is a classic like fridging trope. Like he falls in love with her, something bad happens to her. That's his motivation to change. You know, it, it's. It's a classic trope, so I can't really rag on them too much for using it, but I could still not be a fan of it. Yeah, for sure, exactly. Because <laughs> I want it, I want it. I, I love their interaction with each other and their chemistry, and I understand why they were married for <laughs> for a long period of time together. Um, it was definitely palpable. I particularly love the scene in the um, in the rain when they first do it, and he sees her through. I mean, however. Fucking cheese! He goes, I just want to see you. Like, Can you please just get wet? Cheese ball! Don't, don't put the umbrella or anything over you. Just let me see your face. Can you get rained on so yeah. I can perceive your face? Oh my god! I love it when dude. they do it. They do it a second time, and then she puts the umbrella. It's like you can't see my face. It's all dark down. Which of course then leads to the fight at the end, which you know I thought was like that was like the cheesiest. That was a cool callback. Yeah. It was a cool callback, but it was cheesy as hell. It's <laughs> just like, uh, uh, this is how you beat the bad guy. Um, but ultimately, my major issues with this movie is that I don't know what this movie is trying to say. 
because I don't think it has anything to say. Not much. No, I just it really didn't have anything to say. Like X Men um, and, and and Spider Man at this point, I actually have like I could definitely say like what this movie's trying to say, what this movie's trying to be, and what it's you know facilitating the story around it. But for this one, I couldn't tell you what the sport is about. I'll tell you that scene between Electra and her dad where they're yelling at each other in Greek. Mint. So good. That was my favorite scene. (laughs) And it had nothing to do with the plot of the... Like, you didn't need that in there. It's just Electra and her dad yelling at each other in Greek. It it served nothing. And it was the highlight of this film for me. (laughs) (laughs) I I do love her dad because he's played by the actor from The Mummy. And I love The Mummy. So shout out to him. (laughs) But uh, otherwise, yeah. Not much is added there um, in terms of who he is. And uh, I think the biggest crime for me is this, like, the beginning of the movie. So the beginning of the movie is set up with, like, a flashback of how, uh, you know, it's the classic origin story. We're actually seeing it depicted on screen, which was Matt Murdock's father was down and out. And um, he would be a crony for this crime boss. And then Matt Murdock saw it. In that same day, he gets blinded by radio, <laughs> radio acid, and now has the ability to uh, basically have like radar sense and height, heightened abilities, and does all these cool flippy. I don't know how he knows kung fu uh, all of a sudden um, because he beats up the he kids. Training. He does a crazy backflip in front of the kids at the very <laughs> beginning, of the movie, which, by the way, played yeah. by uh, one of the actors from The Sopranos. Uh, t- uh, Anthony Soprano's son. Um, oh, the kid. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Love him. I love him. So I'm glad that I got to see him uh, in this movie again as that age. He's uh, he's a podcaster now, which is very cool. Um, Good for him. He's a podcaster. I want to talk about. With oh, his ahead. sister from the show. And they have their own. It's called Pajama Pants. Nice. It's great. It's so good. I want to talk about this origin story compared to the Netflix. So Daredevil. this is origin a good point. Yeah, so there there is an MCU counterpart. What are your feelings on it being compared to the newer edition? I remember back in it was probably like 2014, somewhere around that time. Like Daredevil season 1 had been out for a little bit. And I tried to go and watch this this show, right? Oh, it must have been 2015 cuz I had already gone through uh, lifeguard certification, I think. Uh, anyways, it was, it, it it's a time and place. Time yeah, it was the time and place. But I remember trying to watch this show, and it, the f- first episode has like the car accident, and he gets like the battery acid in his eyes, and then in in the show, his dad's just holding him, not moving, while he has battery acid in his eyes, and like I was so taken out my suspension of disbelief was immediately broken because i was like why is nobody trying to flush out his eyes like why he's in the middle of like an accident there's a hydrant there's a fire hydrant right there like why is nobody trying to flush out this kid's eyes and i had the biggest gripe against the show i couldn't get past that seat <laughs> for years and that was it i was just like i can't take i can't take this i can't believe that the origin story of this character is simply because not a single person stopped to flush that kid's eyes out (laughs) and so when i was watching this movie at the beginning like he's on the docks or whatever and there's like the radioactive barrels that get hit by 
the the forklift it splashes on his face he gets pinned they can't move him there's no like like there's the docks but there's no like water running water around and so filthy filthy water yeah filthy water and there's no people around him and i was like all right i could buy this (laughs) i could buy that there was nobody around to help him but when he was in the middle of the fucking car accident with like hundreds of people around i was like really (laughs) i think this is the only part of the movie that i liked better (laughs) to be honest with you it's probably the most accurate in terms of like how it happened in the comics from what I remember. Because Daredevil, I mean, yeah, if, if I'm not mistaken, well, not Daredevil specifically. Daredevil is actually an inspiration to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. How it was supposedly the same barrel that blinded Matt Murdock is the barrel that was used to mutate the turtles. Um, so for them to have this bio waste in this area. Um, however, I, I agree with you. Yeah, there's no real clean water of that, but you would assume they have something there for the people that what if in case biohazard breaks. <laughs> but um, also, how is he not head to toe covered in biohazard <laughs> or whatever, which, you know. I'll let slide. I did like that they try to put like prosthetic makeup on the side, scarring on the sides, because I don't think they do do that for uh, the Charlie Cox version. Uh, I I don't remember. Okay, origin side. (laughs) What do you think (laughs) in terms of the characterization of the character between both Ben Affleck's version and Charlie Cox? I have the same issue with Ben Affleck that I have with Charlie Cox is that they're both seeing actors. They're both sided. And I I I can't say, oh, it was a 2003, it was a different time. Nah, they they could have done better. They're still not doing better, but they could have. And that's something because especially in my community, in the deaf community, we are such staunch advocates that you cannot have hearing actors play deaf characters. Like, it, it's such a sticking point. And uh, recently, actually, there was the announcing that um, Millicent Simmons was cast to play Helen Keller in an upcoming movie. And a lot of deaf people were applauding that casting. And I was taken aback. I was like, this is a deafblind character. And you have a deaf-sided actor playing this role. And I saw a lot of deafblind people being like, we're such staunch advocates for deaf characters to be played by deaf actors. Why wouldn't you do the same for a deafblind character? So because of that background, because of that cultural instinct, whenever I see sighted, char- sighted actors playing blind characters, I get really upset because I know how it feels to see my culture improperly represented my disability improperly represented and i just really wish we could get an actually blind daredevil and this has nothing against ben affleck or charlie cox's performances they're both incredible actors they do incredible jobs in these roles they it's a great performance of this character but i can't i can't get past the fact that it's not being played by a blind actor. I I wish we could get a blind actor in these roles. Um but other than that, I I I thought I both representations of this character are pretty solid. I feel like I understand the motivations. I you know, I empathize with these characters. I think the acting is really well done for both of them. Yeah, I, I was trying to remember back on uh, specifically this one, and 
we didn't watch the director's cut. I know that one's supposed to be a little bit more violent and has more subplots. Um, but specifically, we're talking about just a theatrical cut here. I remember thinking that at the beginning, he actually uh, killed the guy on the train. Um, but he doesn't necessarily kill him. He just doesn't save him. And I was wondering that in comparison to, you know, Charlie Cox, where that's part of his or his whole story is like, is he going to be able to take a life? Very similar to like a Batman. This to me, it's funny. I don't think that the Daredevil in the Netflix shows is trying to be Batman. I think it is trying to do its own thing. However, I do find that the Daredevil in Ben Affleck's uh is in his film is trying to be batman like almost 100 percent. like when a he, little ironic with his current situation. i know i know but i feel <laughs> but i feel it's so inspired by not necessarily you know uh ben affleck it was inspired by batman of that time which of course is mm-hmm. uh <laughs> a little after uh whatchamacallit uh george clooney but just just after uh Oh my God, Val Kilmer's, or just to me, just in that era of just like showboatiness, um, a little bit of camp, because there's that part where he's like, I'm putting on the suit and I'm, you know, jump off a building and then I'm gonna land on this yeah. and I'm gonna ride this pole. Like he's like, I'm so rad, which, you know, is such a hilarious early 2000s, I think, mentality. It's so fun. It is fun. I, I, love I will say he's having a little bit more yeah. fun than uh, Charlie Cox by far. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I, it was really interesting because, like you said, you get that first scene where the dude falls on the train and he doesn't save him. Yeah. I don't think you really call it killing him, but he doesn't help him. Does not help him. Um, and he, he, like, people do die because of his actions, right? Yeah, quite a bit. And it's not until the kid... W- where he was like, I'm not the bad guy, but he still continues to, you know, people. And, and it's not until the very end of this, like that final fight where he has his, I'm not a killer moment. And I think that's really interesting because that's something that the TV show struggles with for so long is the entire time. He's like, I'm not a killer. Like, that's not what I do. I'll beat people into a, a coma for the rest of their life but i, I don't kill them <laughs> yeah um, and so it was really interesting to see that moment so much later and i felt like uh it, it was a really interesting difference i really enjoyed seeing the two different characterizations yeah for sure and i thought that at the very least that the way that they approached it was uh significantly different um in different ways uh, i will say i do think um the action in the movie is dog doo doo uh, for the most part. I think a lot of it is just super flashy for no reason. And uh, a lot of the problems come from that very first fight scene where he's just in the bar and he's like, what are you here for? He's like, justice. And then just they play <laughs> That's saliva. Batman moment. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, he goes in and just does these weird acrobatic tricks that are just so like wire technique, bullshit and they're not it the way that it's shot does not make sense in my opinion of where it is it just here's a vignette of him doing a cool trick here's another vignette of him doing a cool trick um i don't know i thought that was sort of like weirdly just all right we're gonna do action but we're not gonna make any goddamn sense and to me the only film at this point has done it well is blade still Blade at this point is still kicking ass because I believe it's Blade kicking ass in those scenes. Yeah. I just yeah. don't believe 
what's happening because I feel like it's just being put together via editing. Um, and that's my issue. Spider-Man, I mean, he does some fighting, but he never has like a full-on fight until we get to hopefully, you know, Spider-Man 2. And uh, this is why I was just like, uh, this superhero fighting at this point just does not look cool. And I even say that about the X-Men film. The X-Men film is very close quarters. Like, yeah. It's not it's not bombastic like it is in the later films. So um, it was interesting for them to try to do something, but I don't know. I just didn't think they succeeded. And then even later, when they're like bouncing on rooftops and they're like gravity is just not making any goddamn Does sense. Does not exist? <laughs> oh my god! It, the final fight. Straight up look. Yeah. No. I, with the the rooftop scenes it looked like he was like jessica jones jumping that's that was my first thought he was just like just like basically flying with these jumps and i was just like all right yeah i don't mm, the ch- oh my god the church though the church is egregious as hell i don't know how big that organ is can you can you tell me how they look like they jump two stories that's but he falls seven thousand stories work right <laughs> it looks like he's like literally like running up two stories and then he falls for eternity and yes. i'm just like <laughs> did like oh like a portal in space and time open up and you're just like <laughs> i i feel like he was the loki moment where he was like i have been falling for 30 minutes <laughs> yeah no that's exactly what it looked like because i was like wait how far are you and the way that they have it like and majority of this movie is sadly Stretches. Ben Affleck is standing and there's a CGI background behind him and a lot of stuff that I noticed. And time does not work well for these early 2000 films because the more that HD becomes prevalent, the more you can see the seams. That's why I knew it was a CGI rat at the very beginning of the movie. Um, in 2000, I didn't know it was a CGI rat because <laughs> I was like, ooh, <laughs> suspension of disbelief. Um, but no, this movie does not <laughs> – the fight scenes and that they just uh, – a little crazy, except for I think it's still cool, and I keep I, I put it in our trailer, which is when Ben Affleck uh, runs on the bike and gets <laughs> in the face, and he turns into two cartoon characters. <laughs> Ridiculous! I love it. <laughs> All right, I want to talk about Ben Urich. Okay, talk about Ben Urich because uh, you mentioned really liking him in this, which like I. I, I like the actor. I like the I actor. <laughs> I don't care about this. I I really didn't care about Ben in this film, which is really sad to me because I loved Ben in the TV show. I almost like, forgot he, he existed in the other show because of what happened to him, and it pisses me off still to this day. Yeah. Like, he, him in the show was one of my favorite things. Yes. And, the, and what happens to him destroyed me. And I was like... I. And, like, it was just not the same without him. I thought he was such an integral part of that show. And and to see, like, this, this film, he's just kind of there. Like, he provides, like, the only thing he does is when he's, like, um, Kingpin, like, goes after whole families. So, like, you might know somebody who could protect Electra yeah. or whatever and like that's that's it like that's all he contributes besides like witty banter with the fucking foggy <laughs> but I just like 
I know how much potential this character has. Yes. And that's what was so upsetting about it. I agree. And to me, that's that's the movie in a whole. Like, I know how much potential all these characters have, but they are in this movie together and they're not given the time of day to actually shine. And like I said, I love the actor, but I also love that character. And it's funny because, yes, I think I earlier I said, like, oh, I wish there was more of that character in the MCU or he can come back. It's because I forgot of how they treated him in the first season. It's because that tr- was a trauma moment for me because I did not <laughs> want enough. that to be real. I did not want that to be real. I want them to rectify it. They Denial. still haven't done it. Um, I hope they do. <laughs> uh, they could absolutely do it, but they choose not to. Um, but yeah, that that's why I totally blocked that out of my mind. So when I was like, yeah, I really love this character. And it's, it sucks that in the current timeline in the MCU, he is not available. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're absolutely 100% right on that. I will say the one character that I think has my favorite portrayal of this character in any medium okay. is Fisk. Oh, yeah. yeah. I loved this Fisk. Yeah. I thought he was a really interesting kingpin. He looked fucking ripped as hell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I like. Because we've seen Fisk so many times. He's in so many things. He's in the Netflix shows. He's in the like Spider-Man games. He's in like we've seen so many iterations of this character. But I I just thought this the way this actor held himself in this role was just so impactful that I was like, wow, I like this is my favorite portrayal of him. He has just like I don't know. Something about the way he holds himself was really captivating and gave me that feeling that like every time they try to portray Fisk, he's like very like smooth talking and like can manipulate people easy. And I, I don't really connect with that until this one. Yeah, I can, I can agree with you. Uh, There's there, he just has a sense of, he just feels like power. He just feels like the word power. Like just by seeing him, the way he talks, the way he talks to people, um, the way how he just like he's like he knows he has full control of majority of everything. I will say he falls apart to me at the very end when he's like send the guards away, and I'm like, all right. You think then again it goes with the character of thinking like too much of himself, which is true because then his hubris is he thinks is like oh the blind the blind lawyer ha 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 like I, like I'm totally gonna destroy you, but then you know breaks the glass all the water shows up it's a callback to the electro moment. Um, and then he whoops his ass. Um, I will say I still prefer the Vincent D'Onofrio, the way that they built him up all the way up until the third season. I just think you have so much oh, more yeah. time to spend with that character. Um, but I will say that Michael Clark Duncan's version uh, is definitely always left an impact on me. I love that actor. He sadly uh, passed away a couple many years ago, um, which... Sucks because, you know, if we did more multiverse stuff, I would have loved uh, a collection of Kingpins. That would be pretty funny. Um, but, yeah, so he died before I think even the Daredevil show even happened. So there was no kind of comparison there. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I think for the little that he's in the film, even though he has a he's a sort of a presence throughout the whole movie, even at the beginning because you don't see him. But there's something there. I think that he definitely lights up the screen, especially his scenes with uh, Bullseye. That to me is his best scene personally. Um, I definitely, and then the fact that they were kind of setting up like, oh, we're gonna have more adventures with Daredevil. You know, it sucks that we that never really came to fruition. What? Oh, do you want to talk about Wesley at all? 
I mean, he is like a nothing. Char- he was there in this one. He's not as a, a present impactful as on the TV show. Wesley uh, is played by an actor who I've seen in a thousand things, but I know him mostly for the movie The Guest. He plays the father um, in that film. But yeah, uh, Wesley in this is just sort of like he, the fact that he was there and I didn't notice that when I was a kid and didn't even know that was aware of the character, honestly, uh, until the Netflix shows and see him more fleshed out, in my opinion, even though he goes, he has an early death as well. Um, the fact that he's there at all, uh, I think is really cool. Um, but otherwise I think everything pretty much villains. Um, there are some, there are some cameos in the film. Um, one cameo specifically I want to point out is, um, the mortician is played by Kevin Smith who is the actor, of course, from Jay and Silent Bob, who is, uh, wrote, a series of com- wrote a series of Daredevil comics. So that's why he's primarily in the film, because he actually, in this era, wrote the issues between this and a section um, with, I believe, with Bullseye. So that's primarily why he's in here. There are um, many, many, many name drops in this film, but that's going to be part of our trivia section that I'm going to bring up, and I'm going to see if you can tell me at least three of them. Um, I don't think I can, so that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to name them all there as well. There's quite a few of them. Um, is there anything else you think you want to say about Daredevil before we move on to other other classes? Um, yeah, I just want to talk about Foggy, and then we haven't talked about Bullseye at all, and I know we sure. both have a lot of thoughts That's about true. Bullseye. Okay. Uh, Foggy was was great. It was it was happy that yeah. that made me laugh. Um, he does make a deaf joke that I was like, yeah, not a fan of that. Yeah, but yeah. other than that, he was great. But oh, what do you think of him constantly boy, lying? Oh on? boy, <laughs> I, I think it's funny. I I can't remember if they established the fact that he knows if people are lying to him or not in this. He says it, it. I he get says the feeling. Yeah. Okay, he can feel that people are lying. So I love that Foggy's just constantly lying to him. And and Matt knows, and Foggy knows, and he just keeps doing it. Yeah. I think that's like fun, like character building banter. Like you get the mustard moment. <laughs> and then later when they're back in that yeah. and he like triple checks his coffee. <laughs> yes, yes. The fucking swish moment. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) i i thought that was really fun i i love having two characters that are best friends and one's just constantly lying to the other and both of them know it that's just so fun for me like let's let's be honest he's holding that law firm together because matt murdoch can't get his shit together in this film 100 he's literally constantly late for work he's chasing women into the into playgrounds which is weird um so yeah if that place is coming afloat it's because he has something to do with it and so when he um when they had the scene with uh michael clark duncan's character Wilson Fisk and they're basically like trying to he's trying to like position him a job and then Matt Murdock's like no he's <laughs> we only help people that are innocent and I thought that was uh that was pretty funny um specifically yeah. I one of my one of the things that kind of grinds my gears about the show is that Foggy's kind of portrayed as the person who can't really do anything mm. like he's kind of shown as a little bit incompetent which is ridiculous because he's the one holding everything together yes. by sheer willpower and so i it was fun to see him al- portrayed a little bit more competently yeah, <laughs> like for sure. 
for sure. He's the only reason shit's getting done, and this film acknowledged that. <laughs> yeah, you definitely could sense that like he could handle this by himself. When I think of the Netflix shows, there's a lot of times where Foggy's constantly like relying on Matt to be there or to do things with him. Mm-hmm. I know that Foggy eventually like goes on his own and does pretty successful on his mm-hmm. own, but I think that was maybe a character. He's at, um, Hogarth's firm. That's right. I think that was probably like a character building thing for him, honestly, of just like being able to like mm-hmm. work without him and therefore he does. Um, well, no, well, yeah, exactly. So I think that's pretty much, that's pretty much how that character runs. Um, which, you know, compared to this bullseye versus our bullseye in the MCU, uh, <laughs> what are some of your uh, things you like and things you don't like <laughs> in comparison? I. I loved Bullseye. Like, I know the the primary, like the I guess he's more secondary antagonist. But um, I know the antagonist is not supposed to be your favorite character, but he was just so fun. I was rooting for him. I was rooting for him the whole time. And then he's on this plane and this old lady is being insanely racist. Twice? Casually dropping And the person that he killed in the first part, too, was also being racist. He called him a damn Irishman. And then he just, like, (laughs) kills him. And so so he's sitting on this plane. This old lady's being fucking awful, driving in insane. And he fucking just flicks the peanut and fucking kills her and you know what she deserved it she deserved every bit of it i was like you know what i respect you she got what she deserved so i was rooting for bullseye and then and then i I, I, was it the like mid-credit scene where he's oh so you got you saw it okay you saw it okay okay yeah 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) i think this is the first mid-credit scene we got in the film right this is the first mid-credits yeah that's what this is the first any any type of scene after the credits start rolling, yeah. and so I, that was really exciting to me. I was like, "Oh my gosh, we're finally like starting to see that." <laughs> uh, but I I love this bullseye so much. Bullseye. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I love it. I love it as well. Uh, the person that he killed, of course, is her name was Pat Crawford Brown. Uh, she is primarily known from the movie of the Rocketeer, but uh, I know her. She was in a she's a character on um, how uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and she just says the crazy shit, and it's so funny. <laughs> it's like I was there during the Holocaust, and I made blankets. <laughs> so ridiculous, uh, really ridiculous things she says. But uh, yeah, no, I, I can't deny that I really love Colin Farrell in this film as much as I, you know, I, and this is. Me not knowing very much about the Daredevil in the comic books other than I know that he's menacing and he kills Elektra in the comics. That's all I know that is an actual thing from the comics. I will say that I do really like the story arc in the third season that leads to the character that ultimately becomes Bullseye. And it's sort of a misdirect in that season, too, that I also enjoyed. Um so I think I prefer that depiction, obviously, of the character more, just because I felt like, as part of the story, I thought it was more realistic. But man, oh man, did I can't deny that I really, really love this version. Even as goofy with the him having the tattoos, like thing on his head, like it's so ridiculous. 
but I can't help but love his swagger and that stupid jacket. And I just, I loved that jacket. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. It's funny. I, I forgot that bullseye was originally a daredevil comic character Mm -hmm. because I know him predominantly from Hawkeye comics. Oh, cool. Very cool. He shows up in quite a few Hawkeye comics. And so um, I think most notably was Hawkeye and Mockingbird, Hmm. which is with Bob, Bobby, who I I love ever since S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, Hmm. Bob and Hunter Hmm. were my favorite characters on S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was heartbroken when they left uh because they they were gonna do a show with them and then they did it and it just breaks my heart every time i think about it but the point uh, (laughs) there's the comic hawkeye and mockingbird and it's clint and bobby and uh bullseye's in that and very prominent in that and so that's that's my first thought when i think of of Mm. bullseye No, for sure. And so to see him in this film at least be a counterpart to, I think that the movie is just way overstuffed with all the characters, like having the Kingpin, having Bullseye, but then also having Electro, who is also a foil to to Daredevil in this film. Like, I think that this could have been a good setup for multiple movies, but they were just too shy. And so they had to like throw it all in here. And that's why I'll even circle it right back to the beginning talk of like, what is this movie for? What is the movie even about? Or like, like it just, it really is just a, what is it trying to say? There's nothing there. There's just nothing there. It's just a movie that's like, hey, we have characters too um, that we can make movies of. And they we just. We have characters. Yeah, we have characters. It's just, They're sort of like the 31 flavors of, of Baskin Robbins. It's just sort of like, we have characters too. You know, we have the X Men and we have this. And then later, we're going to show you the Fantastic Four. And they just don't still have a basis of like what makes these, these characters interesting or compelling. And I feel that at the end of the day, that you really got to have that to make your characters interesting or compelling. So I will say I was not impressed by most of the look of this movie. Sure. Like overall it was fine, but the one scene that I went, Oh, that's actually a pretty awesome shot was after the car crashes into the newspaper truck. And it's just like the newspapers all over the ground. That shot was incredible. Uh, but other than that, like it looked fine. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know what else to say. I will point this out, and I know that people and this is people had a problem at the time uh, with the costumes, and they always do. No matter when there's a live action version, there's always someone nitpicking. I actually really like his costume, and to the point where I'm like, I could see people still cosplaying, fine. cosplaying that today. I love the eyes. I love the way that it like folds on his face. I th- honestly have a, a reverence for the the costume um, as much as it's like a biker outfit. Um, in a lot of ways, but yeah. I lied. There's another scene that I thought was really cool. <laughs> it's in the train station where you uh, yes. flicks the the cigarette and it lights up the the Daredevil logo. That was great. But those were the only two scenes that like yeah. I remembered because they were cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, why is he doing that? It doesn't matter. I'm not even gonna cut think about. It. I'm not even thinking about it. It's like, oh, he's a huge fan of The Crow. That's why he did it. Um, For the dramatics, Mario. I guess. For the dramatics. I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think I think that we I think we covered pretty much everything about the movie. I guess the really the question is, does this movie hold up? Is it still worth watching today? 
Uh, I'm no. gonna let you go first. No. <laughs> right the bat, no. You <laughs> it does not hold to. up. <laughs> uh, I I'm glad I watched this because we're doing this show and it's fun to talk with you about movies. Yeah. And I think it's interesting if you're looking at it from analyzing Marvel's representation in films. Sure. Would I recommend this for casual enjoyment? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you have a really good reason to watch this movie, which doing the show gives me a really good reason. So I'm not mad that I watched it. I'm glad that I watched it and experienced this once. I will never go back to it. I would not recommend anybody to watch it. (laughs) I will say I have been uh, slowly buying some of these movies that have them in 4K. And I don't know if that's a mistake that I'm making or a commitment. I bought bought the Thomas Jane uh, Punisher film on 4K. For some reason, so we'll see. We'll right. see how that goes. I give. I'm, it I'm, makes I was, you happy. Yeah, good for you. For sure, for sure. Uh, I also don't think this movie holds up. And was it a waste of my time? <laughs> I mean, I could have been doing something else. But at the end yeah. of the day, I at least got to see the evolution of where where the mistakes are, and then where you can learn from. Because this movie is also produced by none other than Kevin Feige. So he had some of a hand in the way of this movie being developed. And I'm wondering if all the good decisions <laughs> were Kevin Feige's. <laughs> but ultimately... Only the good decisions were crediting to Kevin Feige. <laughs> exactly. Which I know that he might may or not have the most uh, influence on the TV show version, but he, he's got to be somewhere in there. Either way, he started the direction in which I think that all of the Marvel characters are finally going into a solid point. Even if you don't like certain movies like Dark World or whatever, uh, I still think that they're in a solid direction. I enjoyed Dark World. I know, I know. It's it's higher on the list (laughs) than most people. Um, But yeah, I I, I say that this is is probably the first one where I'm like, you can totally skip this one um, and totally be okay for it. Now, I say that, but we also have a movie later that we have to reviewing called Electra. <laughs> I've never yeah. seen it. So I'm actually also very curious I'm, about it. I'm sure you have to see this one to watch that one. I assume so. so. Like, yeah. When we get to that, if we really like Electra, maybe we'll say, come back, watch this one first. But who knows? True, <laughs> That's true. That's a later problem. Oh, boy. No, for sure, for sure. Did you have any other fun notes? I know that you wrote mostly quotes. Do you have any other fun notes you want to? Uh, yeah, I think the rest of my notes were just quotes. And, oh, um, I I have one last note. And it's in the final battle where he kicks out his knees. Oof. And I said, I felt that in my soul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, my knees are messed up from years of sports and dance and et cetera, et cetera. And so I have really bad knees. And so when I saw him kick out the, his knees like that, I just cringed. <laughs> I felt bad. For his knees in that moment. <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. Okay. Well, I think that concludes our uh, Stanley seminar of us talking about the film. I think we're going to go ahead and move on straight to drama class. We have some of the best quotes 
from this film because this movie has a bunch of them and I'm very, very excited to get through it. So uh, first up, you know, we'll do a really quick one. Let's do the top one. Um, do you want to be Electra or Matt? You could be either or. I want to be Matt. <laughs> All right, you can be Matt. <laughs> All right, whenever you're ready. You're holding back. Yes. Don't. <laughs> that, of course, is in the fucking... <laughs> yeah, that is in the, fam- the playground. <laughs> famous playground scene, uh, which is, is lauded as a terrible scene along with uh, Catwoman. Um, only because it's just so dorky and weird and they smile a lot and it's just out of place and I love it. It's great. <laughs> I don't care. Um, I'm going to go ahead. Uh, I'll say the top bullseye line here. I yeah. missed... I also want to do this with Scott's action, but I wasn't going to do it. I oh. missed. Dude. I never miss. <laughs> Scottish. I thought he was Irish. Is he Irish? I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Bullseye, don't kill me. People are going to roast you for that. <laughs> You're going to roast me. <laughs> Bullseye will kill me. Literally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, another iconic Bullseye moment is necessary. No, it was fun. Yeah. Love it. Love it. This next one, uh, I was pulled from my notes and it's the police officers outside the <laughs> church while while Bullseye and Daredevil are running up the organ. <laughs> and and the the like I don't know if he's like a sergeant, lieutenant, whatever, but he goes, keep them in your sights. Which one? Both of them. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, hold on. Let's see here. We have quite a few here. Yeah. Uh, I'll, do you I'll do th- highlight some of my favorites. Yeah, highlight the ones you want to do. And then I I'm- put a lot in here. Here, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll do the matte one. I'm trying to remember. Is this the last line? Of the movie? It's the opening. It's like in the middle of the final monologue. Yeah. Got it. Got it. It's like Matt just goes with Electra's help. I saved myself instead. <laughs> uh, of course. So cheesy. So cheesy. Uh, Bullseye, of course, says, I want a bloody costume or a fucking costume, depending on which version you've seen. <laughs> okay. Do you want to do. Do you want to do okay? Do you want to do the top? You want to do matter? You want to do foggy? I'll be foggy. Okay. <laughs> Her name's Electra Nachos. She sounds like a Mexican appetizer. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> the next foggy line: Go. Do you or do you not concede that there are alligators in the sewers? Please answer the question. <laughs> I love that he kept going on and off about the damn alligator it was stuff. Such a great that was fun running joke. And that, and then you got Ben Yerick's like it's just a myth, and then he just so defeated. Uh, that's, you want to do this, uh, Matt line? Yeah, I'll do it, Mister Casada. For your sake, I hope justice is found here today, before justice finds you. Which. <laughs> Which was great. So good. Love, it. Love that actor too, of course. Oh god, that bullseye line is really good too. Um, <laughs> this whole movie is just 
<laughs> it just it's just bangers and bangers on bangers, bangers. I'll, hold on let's go let's circle back to uh the electro line uh i'll go i'll do electro out here yeah you sure you're blind sure you don't want to tell me your name <sighs> okay it's palpable it's sexy that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> i'll go back to bullseye here uses yeah, organ <laughs> uses organ pipes on daredevil which was the smartest thing to do of course man without fear Looks like I found something you're afraid of. Let's bring on the pain. Let's bring on the noise. <laughs> yes. So good. So good. <laughs> 100%. Because I think they're listening to House of Pain uh, when he's introduced, which is even perfect. I love it. Uh, oh, all of the bullseye lines are impeccable. Like, If I give this movie one compliment, it's that... All of Bullseye's lines are, are perfect. There's not a single one that I didn't like. <laughs> and I can't contribute it to the script or to Colin Farrell. It's one of the other. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who elevated who? That's what I want to know. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's do this highlighted one that you have here, uh, of course. Yeah, can I be Father Everett, yeah, please? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I want to do it's like This is the part where uh, I don't remember if this is one of the normal ones or the one at the end, but we'll just go. I'll just do it. I'm pretty sure this is... Him in the pews. In the pews? Okay. This is my confession, Father. God's mercy is infinite. All you gotta do is ask. Everything I had has been taken from me. Now I'm supposed to ask for mercy? I don't ask for mercy. People ask me. Oh. Is that a fact? (laughs) (laughs) The stars! Father Everett! Yes! Love it, love it. And then let's do the last one. You could be, I want to be Kingpin for this one. It's the, oh, yes. Okay. You killed the only two people I've ever loved. Why? Business. That's all I have ever is. Business. I was working for Fallon at the time. Your father was supposed to throw a fight. And your girl was in the wrong family at the wrong time. It's all business. And you've been in my business for too long. (laughs) It's my Michael Clark Duncan impression. Oh, God. <laughs> Love it. Oh, shout out to the writer and to everyone performing these lines, making them as iconic as they are. Um, of course, now uh, that concludes uh, drama class. We're going to go over to Music Room, where, of course, uh, we talk about some of the superhero bangers of the time of the original soundtrack. Uh, does it hold up along with the film? And are they still bangers today? And by God, we have another one, ladies and gentlemen. We have one of the best bangers in superhero history, as far as I'm concerned. All, well, yes, specifically this one, but every single song I agree. in this entire movie was straight bangers. Yes. The whole time, I was constantly shocked. I was like, oh my God, they got the rights to that? Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, some standouts there, obviously. Um, I think, yeah, there's a House of Pain song uh, in the Irish pub, uh, or the pub at least, when Bullseye's playing. But uh, specifically, the one that is the song that introduces the Kingpin, which is the Pharrell uh, nerd song. And I absolutely was so happy to hear. I was like, down, 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 down. And I was like, yes! I remember this song <laughs> brings me back to a time and place uh, that I was very, very happy about. Um, but then of course 
there's the the very scene where she's like, I have to train. I have to have these sandbags come and I have to paint with probably with a lipstick, a, a, a daredevil out of one of the sandbags. And of course it is uh, Evanescence bring me to life, which uh, as a seminal uh, we didn't kid. didn't talk about how she was holding those weapons in that training montage uh-huh. was so improper. <laughs> <laughs> it looked so silly, but the music flaps. Yes, it, it captured the tone, obviously, of the music video in some aspects, uh, which, uh, yeah, uh, this song is awesome. This is my first introduction to this band, and I love the rap verse that's also within it with the guy, and uh, her voice, to me, is still fantastic and transcendent, and I still listen to the song to this day. It is by far one of those top tier bangers along with hero from Chad Kroger. And of course uh, we will, this will go into, uh, in my opinion, superhero hall of fame <laughs> music that I will put in for your, for you and made the trailers even better. So I think that is, uh, that concludes music room right there. Um, yeah, this film was the one I was most excited to go to your Spotify playlist for. That I was, like, I can't wait for this. Yes, we'll be at. Oh, and again, you, you're absolutely correct. We're going to be adding some of these songs to our Spotify uh, playlist, so that way you can also enjoy them and listen along as we go through it. Um, we're we're working on still doing the Apple one. I still have to get that set up, but otherwise, right now it is on Spotify. Um, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and copy over the uh, notes here so that way Sly could see them because it is now time for quiz time pop quiz let's go I'm here. scared I was not paying attention very well to any of this movie that's perfect <laughs> that is perfect so the first one is actually the one that I wanted wanted to go with you and I wonder if you noticed it there is oh a quick God. cameo of a character from the comics that is played by a fame actress from Grey's Anatomy which character is it is it Natasha Romanoff, two, Karen Page, three, Jennifer Walters, who's a lawyer, four, Sue Storm. Did you actually notice this actress? I did not. Oh my gosh. I love Grace Anatomy. I know. That's why I wanted to. <laughs> She's in it for like three seconds and then she goes away. Doesn't I think she has like maybe a line. I, my gut instinct says it was Karen Page. I don't remember at all any seeing any Grace actors in this, but that's that's my first thought, so I'm sticking to it. Okay. The answer is, in fact, Karen Page. Karen Page is in this movie. <laughs> Karen Page is in this movie. She is actually the receptionist in their office. That is played by Ellen Papeo, a.k.a. Gray herself. Oh <laughs> that is her. I love that. Yeah, Shout so you out. Can, if you go to the credits, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> if you, that's why I was like, this is gonna be a great question. Uh, yeah, she's in the credits right there, Ellen Papeo as Karen Page. So secret uh, character. So yeah, Karen Page is in the film. Her depiction, whatever. <laughs> we'll move on. Um, but yes, that is uh, that includes the first question. The second question is, and this is actually a twofer. Two of these answers are real. So you get whoever you choose, they're both right. All right. 
I know what I want my answer to be, but I'm pretty sure it's wrong. <laughs> I sort of based it on someone's dating history. Uh, <laughs> who almost played Electra in the film in place of Jennifer Gardner? Was it A, Jennifer Lopez, B, Natalie Portman, C, Selma Hayek, and D, Jessica Alba? Uh, I'm sure it was probably Natalie Portman. I be, just time frame wise, it feels like this she would have fit there. Um, I don't know who the other one is, but I I I wish it was Selma Hayek. <laughs> I love Selma Hayek, of course. Jasar in Eternals, excellent. Yes, excellent. I would have loved to see her here. No, for sure. I would have loved to have seen it too. I thought that would have been great. Uh, of course, it, yes, Selma Hayek is not the answer. Natalie Portman is one of the answers. Can you take a guess on who the other one is? Do you do you know who Jessica Alba is? I know that's a name. Um, <laughs> that that's a famous person. If I saw a picture of her or ran into her on the street, I would not be able to name her. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we'll I'll go ahead and give this to you. Yeah, it was Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba was the other one. Right. She was sort of up and coming at this point. Jessica Alba, pretty much known for her Fox show that she had, was called Dark Angel. And she did a movie called Honey and kind of has fallen sort of behind the scenes. But uh, man, oh, man, did I have a huge crush on Jessica Alba in the early 2000s. So this totally made sense. I put Jennifer Lopez in there because (laughs) I'm petty like that. (laughs) Uh, Of course, the question that keeps coming back, uh, does Stanley make a cameo and where is he? Yes, he did. I was so excited when I saw him. I didn't even have to think about it. You're just walking down the street with Matt. A bus comes out of nowhere. He uses a stick to stop. And I went, oh, my God, that's Stanley. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Stanley, of course, is the man on the curb with no lines still. So definitely they they limited everything for Stanley. One of the most prominent so far where mm-hmm. you like actually got you sat on his face for yes. a couple seconds that's true i remember the, the the one in spider-man it was like he was like in the background helping a girl but it was really quick really that i had quick. to like go back and like look for um but yeah no this was the first one that i like the first watch through i instantly spotted and was like oh my gosh stanley i love R. it I. it's the where's waldo of the show which i love is <laughs> stanley in this movie so fantastic okay you are three for three so we're gonna go on and this is gonna be the one where i wonder if you were paying attention to the names being dropped in this movie because they were constantly dropping them and i was like oh there are not (laughs) can you name three name drops in the film that are clear references to people who've wrote for daredevil in the past there there's several in this film and i'll name them all once you can kind of if you could give me three of them if you can remember I'm trying to think about. To be like, fair to you, to be fair to you, you watched this movie that? a couple weeks ago, right? Because we we were delayed on. Is that correct? Yeah. Or did you watch it recently? Like a week or so ago. A week or so ago. So time has passed. So this is probably a little bit tougher. But I, as you know, someone who's read comics for a while, instantly recognize the names. We actually I'm said the names like, in drama class. <laughs> I'll I'll cheat there. We said one of the names. <laughs> Yeah, no, the only one that I could really think of, I was like, I think Quesada? That is one. Might be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. I haven't read much Daredevil comics. Sure. The only Daredevil comics I've read are the ones that introduce Echo. Got and it. So I'm like trying to like rack my brain. Yeah, a lot of the Who names would be those? probably beforehand, because this would be before 2003. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, no. I don't know. There, there's a run of Daredevil that I think it was like 
98 or something but mm-hmm. in in the like 50s you get a beautiful arc with echo um, sure i can't remember off the top of my head but yeah i oh gosh i was not paying attention to names okay. at all, all right. i'm gonna so. list i'm gonna list them all out i'm gonna list them all out <laughs> so there's a scene where uh i believe the father is being told to throw the fight and the mm-hmm. promoter names a oh, bunch of names yeah, and then the guy was like, you know, this guy, this guy, this guy, you know, you think you really won that fair and square, blah, blah, blah. So he says, Brian Michael Bendis' his name says Bendis, Miller. Um, he says, uh, Mr. Lee, which is Stan yeah. Lee. Kirby is yeah, the name of the matrician who's Jack Kirby. Um, and then, of course, I believe there's there's more. Casada, which, of course, is uh, Jose Casada. Romina, John Romita is uh, one of the artists as well. He's also a famous artist and his son, John Romina Jr., which is also known for a lot of art that you've probably read recently. Um, so yeah, there's so many classic comic names that are like rapid fire in the beginning that I was just like, oh, like, I hear, I can hear and see all of those names. So I thought that was fun to have them sort of have a little cameo in there. So very cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I love, I love that they got to give a shout out to yeah those people who you know created this character so deeply Mm -hmm. and has given him so many uh you know well-defined arcs like frank miller and stuff like that it's definitely was cool to see their names referenced uh there's uh and i don't want to confirm this because i'm not sure if it's true but there's a part where someone gets killed uh with daredevil i'm sorry uh bullseye kills someone he steals his motorcycle um he gets like a thing in the head i want to say that's frank miller but I'm not confirmed. I will. I'll probably look that up after the show. If anything, let me know in the comments uh, because we're wrapping up. Uh, class is pretty much in session. We're going to go to homeroom now. Is there any uh, any final thoughts in this film that you want to bring up before we close it out? I wanted to fact check myself. It is, in fact, the 1998 run of Daredevil that nice. I read, and it ran from 98 to 2011, apparently. Um, and I'm just wanting to see. It's uh, yeah, Kevin Smith, Joe Casada. Um, yeah, that's a fun one. Um, if you want to see Echo specifically, she's in like the like uh, around like eight to eleven, I think, issues, mm. and then later in the like fifties. Um, gotcha. But yeah, fun, fun stuff. Very fun stuff, and I also won the fact checks myself. Yes, I'm correct. That is Frank Miller. He's the one that gets a pencil through the head and gets his motorcycle stolen. Nice. So he, is, <laughs> he is responsible for all that scene. So that is awesome. Okay. Uh, then I think that pretty much sends us back to homeroom where we're going to close up the show. Is there any final thoughts that you want to talk about for Daredevil? Any additional things you want to leave behind? Yeah. When, when I first finished watching this movie, I was so conflicted because at at the same time, it was really, like, enjoyable, like, with the witty banter, the, like, fun quips, like, the story, like, there wasn't much there, but it was a story. But the rampant ableism and, you know, racist comments and just, like, all of these things that don't hold up to what we expect from our media today made it hard for me to digest this as an enjoyable movie and I think that's one of the things where like I mean I was oh 
very young when this movie comes out. I'll just say that. I, I wouldn't have been watching this movie anyways. But watching it in a different perspective, I could see how people had a lot of fun with this movie. Um, but that just wasn't the reality for how I watched it. And that's a little disappointing because I, I had so much potential, like you said. I could have seen this being like a trilogy. Um, and I'm really excited to see what Electra's like. I'm not expecting much from the Electra movie, but watching this, you know, seeing some of these people come back is something that I'm really interested in. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's all my thoughts. I think we covered pretty much everything. Yeah, I think we pretty much covered everything. I think my only thoughts is, like you said, if this was a series of movies and they were more well-developed, I think I would be still interested into this world um ultimately it does suck and suffer for what it does to be so overstuffed in this film i wanted to see the return of bullseye i would love to have seen what did wilson fisk have in store of matt murdoch if they took the film a little less of this sort of like early 2000s but otherwise yeah i think it has a time and place but i don't think that it holds up to the standards of today and not something that i feel like you necessarily need to return to like i think of the other films that we've talked about so overall yeah i would say this is a movie that you can probably take a pass on but if you watched it uh for the show again thank you everyone for watching and for uh we launched we finally launched by the time this episode goes out we've it's been a couple weeks but we've launched and thank you so much for the reception yeah this is our first recording since actually <laughs> launching so yes. we, we've all have a stock but i i was so blown away by the response so i just want to say thank you all for watching this supporting us it's this show is so fun to make. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I will will be going on this journey uh, as we continue through the multiverse of the MCU and uh, having it all time. So, uh, Sly, where can people find you on the net? You can find me uh, pretty much anywhere on socials at SlyClinMC. You can find me over at Point in Progress, where I do this show. Of course, the Point in Progress podcast. And... I will be. You can finally uh, say Stark either, Radio because this will definitely be out. Yeah. After, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I was just trying to think. I was doing the math in my head for fifteen and fifteen. Oh, it's yeah. either close to done or already done. So go check out season one of fifteen and fifteen on Point and Progress. By this time, by the time this comes out, absolutely Stark Radio will be happening. That should be Thursdays, except for I think the first one's Thanksgiving. We might do Fridays. Uh, with Liz, Marissa, and Alexis, and myself, of course, talking all about Hawkeye. It's going to be a blast. I'm so excited. So definitely check out uh, Stark Radio on Twitch or YouTube, or check us all out on TikTok for those episodes. I can't wait for that. Um, yeah, those are those are all the things I'm doing currently. Awesome. Fantastic. And of course, you can find me here at uh, Point in Progress, where we do our podcast every Friday. Um, holiday schedule might be uh, up in the air, depending on what we decide to do, because a lot of the holidays are so happening landing on Fridays. But we'll go from there. We'll see if they do some special one-offs or something else. Because we also got to talk about Game of the Year. We have to talk about a bunch of different things uh, that we want to do. So I think we should definitely uh, gather and talk about that. So in the meantime, but still, stay stay tuned to this channel at youtube.com slash point in progress. You can also find me at Twitter at Night Mute City, where you'll see all my musings, uh, especially 
uh, hearing me share fan fiction about uh, Eternals because I've been having a blast sharing that this weekend. <laughs> uh, um, uh, also, watch our extra credit episode, which uh, what we did uh, last week uh, for uh, or, or you know whenever this comes out <laughs> for It'll Eternals. Be like three weeks ago, but by the time this <laughs> yeah, comes that's out. true. That is good. Hopefully everybody's seen Eternals by now, so go watch it. Uh, the first little bit is no spoilers, and then the rest we dive into full spoilers. Yes. That was so fun. Uh, it was a lot of me ranting and raving about this movie, so please go check that out and let us know your thoughts about Eternals. Wow, what a movie. What a movie. What a movie. And with that, uh, I want to thank everyone for watching. And uh, your homework for next week, of course, is I actually don't know. Let me look, 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 look real quick. Hold on. Let's riff for a second. Yeah, I believe because <laughs> uh, I have the calendar set up. And I've eventually what I would love to I'm do. opening it right now. And it is X2. Oh, yes. Okay, cool. We get to watch more X-Men. Uh, so we are back in the Brian Singer X-Men universe. And uh, moving on to the sequel and see how that does. So. Basically, until next time, class is dismissed. He can vanish before you realize he's there. And he's the last person you'd ever expect. Police suspect the vigilante Daredevil was the one to bring the criminals to justice. I don't know why you read that trash. You want the truth? Tell me. She's hideous. Excuse me. I just wanted to get your name. Does every guy have to go through all this to find out your name? Try asking for my number. I've been following that piece you wrote about the kingpin. How do you kill a man without fear? Let the bodies hit them. Give me bullseye. The devil's mine. Justice is found here before justice finds you. How can you be a skeptic? There's no eyewitness. I mean, you know, Bigfoot has eyewitnesses. Please.